Not to, not you, to. You've just heard the, um, not lyrical, the musical stylings of Thomas Fitzgerald, my cousin. Yeah. Who kindly um, wrote and performed our new intro. So yeah. that's that's exciting. That's the thing that's happening. Doesn't it feel good? It does feel good. I feel pretty. I like it. It's I a pretty cool intro. I feel very professional right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel Professional like enough to check your phone right where we just started the podcast. What I'm doing right you now. You dick. What I'm doing right now is I'm I'm looking. So you mentioned, so we've got some housekeeping to, to take care of before we start going into the podcast, which is one, how cool is that theme intro? Uh, yep. Yep. Number one. Yep. On our checklist of stuff to, check, to look and into. We, we plugged him. Um, not, to, uh, not to spoil the magic, but we couldn't hear that. Uh, why would you tell people yeah, that, Sam? Yeah, think through That's it. just entirely spoiling the magic. What's the point of even having magic if you're just going to spoil it? Think through Sam. it. Sam. Think through it. Okay? We didn't hear it. We, so it's a real... real we could hear it. We can hear it right now. It's a real show business. <laughs> Peter can hear it constantly. It's like a very rare, very specific form it's of tinnitus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> instead of hearing a it's ringing It's just sound, that song. Peter perpetually hears that theme song. All the time. It gives you insight into what it's like to be Peter. You just keep ruining the magic. It's like living... It's a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was our other bit of housekeeping? So the other bit of housekeeping... Um, first of all, hey guys, we're back. We're um, back. It's been a while. It's been like almost three weeks. Yeah, I think because of... Since we last recorded. Because, because we've been just hammered from oh, yeah. goddamn I like fun time uni. Absolutely wrecked. Um, it might actually seem like that much time because whilst the last wrecked, two episodes we've released have been a bit uh, like not as consistent as we yeah, have been up until this point. That's my fault but it's... I mean, we were it, getting it just, just getting hammered by uni and then we haven't had a chance to record. Yeah. So, we're back. We're better than ever. Yes. We're having a good time. Second housekeeping thing. Second housekeeping keep, thing. Keep, keep with me here. <laughs> the second but Sam, I'm really excited about this. Uh, if you haven't uh, checked this out, you need to. Um, we've got a new cover art for Facebook and for SoundCloud, and yeah. hopefully for our iTunes little picture that you can see right now, if you're on your iPhone. Yep. Hopefully that's changed by the time you listen to this. If it hasn't, uh, it will. Wait, soon. Yeah, it will. We'll stay tuned. Watch this space. Look out for that. Yeah, we we were we were lucky enough to have a really great artist yeah. uh, do our do our cover photo. It's me and it's you, but we're cartoons. Yeah. How cool is that? I, I'm really happy with it. Um, it's a, It was a really cool process. I, yeah. I, we got to like, ha, like have ideas put to us and we got to make decisions. And... Yeah. Being someone who is not, um, I have many talents, but one of them is not drawing. Yeah. I'm not, I can't do art very well. The one time that I did get an A in art class, I, I, Got a projector and I got a an overhead version of the image I wanted to paint, and I projected it onto the canvas and traced it, and then it was just paid by numbers. That's that's fine. That's a that's a legitimate form of art. It felt I'm like sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Is, yeah, so being someone who's not really good with art, it's always fascinated me um, the idea of being able to show someone else what's in your head. Yeah. You know? And artists have that. It's not just showing someone where you've been or what you've seen. It's being able to, like, project your imagination onto something that other people can see. Yeah, this is what I see in my head. Um, and so to be to have an idea and, like, to see it become a thing... Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. So if you somehow haven't seen the image... I guess if you're subscribed to us on iTunes and you, you, you do it that way... You probably wouldn't have seen the cover image. So you can yeah, either go to our Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook.com slash a bit of Sam and Peter. Or SoundCloud. Uh, and you don't even have to like this time. No. But you, you should. But you can enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you should. But you can enjoy the image all the same. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, there's a few things to talk about here. If you're regular listeners with us or if you like the same, same kind of things we like, um, you'll get it. But. Uh, we have if Peter not, we're not gonna we're not gonna explain it because it's oh. part of our mystery. We wear Peter in shorts. Oh yeah, uh, because you can hear it in his voice every You're time. You're gonna explain it. I'll dress it. We're gonna explain it. Oh well, yeah, just a little bit. I'm excited about oh, it. Okay, okay. And we gave we gave you a ghost from Destiny, but yeah, but it's, I, a, it's got a beard, yeah, have which a beard. I'm pretty chuffed about. It's a great beard. It's a great beard. Yeah, and we've got uh, the Artorias sword from Dark Souls. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very cool. So I wanted to do a, a shout out to that. Um, so our artist is uh, Rachel Bailey. Yep. Um, Did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, and we asked Rachel where she wanted us to send you guys if you wanted stuff in your heads on Did paper. Um, and I've Digital done, paper. Which is, why I'm, which is why I was on my phone, you jerk. <laughs> 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 Make sure I didn't screw this up. I regret nothing, Sam. Yes. Okay. So... Um, if you want Rachel to help you make something amazing, uh, it's you just go to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash Rachel Bailey Art. So that's R-A-C-H-E-L-B-A-Y-L-E-Y-A-R-T. Is that how you that. spell art? That is more often than not how you spell art. Yeah. How would you spell art differently? Arte, you know? Yeah, a H R T Art, yeah. What if the guy? There's people who are called like Artemis, who sh- you know they shorten it to Art. Yeah, yeah. Probably a different way to spell Art. All right, okay. Yep. Maybe but there are definitely different ways to spell yep. Rachel. Yes, and Bailey. Yep. Yep. So it's Bailey, not like the drink. It's not different. like Bailey's. It's like Irish cream. A horse baying, the horses bay, something like bays. An animal subscription base. Look it up. And look up Rachel Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Rachel. Um, <laughs> I tried to do it. I tried to do a good plug. Someone go over there. Yeah. It looks yeah. So, so, so someone, we, we think it looks good. Yeah. And yeah. Let let her know that that someone appreciates it out there apart from us. Yeah. 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 Cool. You don't need to head over there and buy something. <laughs> Just head over there and be like, hey. We saw you, what you did on Beer with Sam and Peter. Nice work. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun thing to do. And then like our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that as well. So, okay. speaking of drinks from a couple of sentences ago. Yeah. We're not drinking beers this week. No, Again. I'm, I'm a little bit sick. Uh, uh, Sam's a little under the weather. So, we're just um, having coffee. So, we're just, just having a, a coffee with Sam and Peter. Again, which is, which is fine. But we've got some exciting beers to drink next week yeah 
we're going to get right back into our slight alcoholism. Next yeah. Week. Yeah. So now, should, should we do cheers with that coffee cup seven? See if it gets picked up uh, by the mic. Uh, clink. We can just do a, a clink. Clink. We've touched. We've touched coffee. Uh, coffee things, and it didn't make a sound. But clink. Yeah. Clink. Clink. All right. Clink. Okay, let's get on with the podcast before we embarrass ourselves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we've done a house. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. We've done a bit of. Yeah. Yeah. So we've actually so we should start off as we always do. Yeah. With the homework movie. With the homework movie. Which was a movie called Hugo yeah. this week, which is directed by Martin Scorsese of Casino and Goodfellas fame. Very different. Fame. Very, very different. Scorsese. Scorsese film. Scorsese. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's based off a book, like a children's book. So it's kind of kind of a kids' movie. It's a really movie. it's a really different movie to, to what we've normally watched. Yeah, which was a nice change of pace, just because some of the stuff, like TV shows and games and like movies that we've been talking about and stuff have just been like kind of hardcore and yeah lots of murder and despair and yeah that kind of thing oh i just thought of something else i <laughs> wanted to talk about actually okay well but we'll get to you think we'll, about that, we'll cut gonna, that out. i'll talk about hugo, hugo. <laughs> so the thing i i, I realized about about hugo is that uh while we were setting up the podcast is that refreshingly it's something that we can quite easily, concisely explain the plot of. Yeah, that makes that a nice change had, of pace. We haven't had before. I yeah. Think, it's super simple. Uh, Hugo is set in Paris. It's in the 30s. In the 30s. Um, 1930s. It's, it's got a very Grand Budapest Hotel feel about it. In terms of it's slightly surreal. Yeah, just in terms of the look, I think. Yeah. Not quite as extreme as Wes Anderson tends to go with his films, but it has... No, it's not extreme in the way that people behave. People behave quite normally, but the... Oh, the they, they don't behave. They, the, it's kind of cartoony yeah. in the way they behave, I think. But it's not Wes Anderson, though. No. The look of the film, though. The right. look of the film is... There's a lot of CGI. Yeah. It, it's like a real-world setting, but there's a lot of CGI, and it's a bit whimsical. Anyway, in, no, in no, the, no, 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 no. I'm getting through this explanation okay, right, of the sorry, plot. Every sorry. time, I'm, every time right, we try to explain yeah, the plot yeah, okay, of the movie, right, okay. we just go on a 45-minute yep, yep, thing. Yep, get on with it. Okay, so the plot, it's about this boy called Hugo, who's an yep. orphan. Yeah. Many orphans at the time. Shit time to be an orphan. Think Oliver Twist um, in its shittiness of being an orphan. Yeah. Uh, he's an orphan of this clockmaker guy who... Played uh, by Jude Law. Played by Jude Law. Who, who dies, leaves him this automaton, which is a word that's completely lost now. It's a completely mechanical robot, uh, which is fascinating. But, yeah. but uh, Like it's a clockwork robot. Clockwork robot. So nothing electronic, everything, you know, everything it's, it does. His gears. And, yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to fix it. Um, and that leads him into, in, into the, basically the whole rest of the story. But yeah, it's just about him. He's this urchin boy who lives, he winds the clocks in this train station. So he yep. lives in like the little uh, back rooms and service places in this yep. in this train station. Yeah, he keeps the clocks going in the train station. Yeah. Um, and it's a movie that I really would never have seen if you hadn't suggested it. That's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I, I did. I just don't, I just don't go for those movies. Yeah. Um. And it's not like a, I don't go for kids' movies. I, I would say that this movie... It's just a different type of kids' movie than you would usually go for. Like, many of the type of kids' movies I'd go and see would be, like, Pixar animated yeah. Disney stuff. Well, I, I, would, I don't know if this movie is 
that much of a kids movie. I mean, it is a it's it is a kids story, adult type stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it won a bunch of Oscars and stuff. Yeah, like it is a story about kids, and kids can go and see it, but it's also like it, it's fun for the whole family. Yeah, but not in that cringy family movie type. No, yeah, I think like, it, it's vis- working on a lot of levels. Visually, it's really really pleasing as well. Yeah. And I've always been a really interested in stuff that worked purely mechanically, you know? I'll, yeah. I really like... So, I'm, I'm doing a Bachelor of Science right now at uni, talk about a bit about my, my life. Um, and the reason I, I've gone into, I went into science is, is sort of in that realm of like, I love understanding how things work from a really basic level. Right. You know, I love understanding something at its... There's, there's nothing controlling what you're looking at. Like, these are the base elements. And you put them all together and, you know, they work in concert to make something. And, like, clockwork stuff is, is like that. Yeah. Real, clockwork, clocks are amazing, really. The whole idea that it's just cogs spinning around. You, you have to do such a precise thing. And if you be one of these things, an automaton, especially this one, this one draws an image. Yeah. We'll get into that, how creepy that fucking automaton is later. But it draw it draws an image, like a, a sketch of something. You give it a pen and this robot sketches something. Mm-hmm. And it's all from all these little gears inside it. Yeah. I love it. It's like a, it's like a music box. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. But a much more complicated version of that. No, it's not really what the movie's about, but... No. It's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like the catalyst for a bunch of stuff happening in the movie. Yeah. What's interesting is that I would argue that the, probably the main character, the, the main focus of the story is uh, this, the, the old man, Hugo. Yeah, so do, you, do, you, do you want to, we'll finish sort of explaining the plot. So it's like Hugo living in this train station. Yeah. And um, one day he goes to steal from this old man who runs like a toy shop. Like yeah, it's he, one of those old school toy shops. Hugo's got this little, this little mechanical... Toys, yeah. So Hugo's got this automaton and he's trying to fix, like, him and his dad were fixing it up together. His dad died, he became orphaned, and he's, like, trying to fix it up as a way to have, like, hold on to one last thing with his dad. It's worth mentioning that before he's made an orphan, he, uh, in, in what is most, maybe the briefest appearance of Ray Winston in his career, it, um, his uncle, Ray Winston, is like a drunk. Yeah. Turns up and says, your dad's dead. Uh, pack up all your things. You're coming with me. Yeah. So he goes from this quite... The dad seems quite well off. And definitely intellectual. His dad's like a watchmaker. Fostering. Stuff like that. Yeah. And he's moved from that environment to, I guess, working for his his uncle, who's a, who's a drunk Ray Winston, who winds the clocks in the train station. Yeah. Ray Winston then dies, and Hugo just continues to run the clocks. Yeah. Living where Ray Winston does. The door is locked. To Ray Winston's room, and he's a drunk and a recluse, so so, so nobody really notices. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, so he's just living there for for like six months. I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's Ray Winston, <laughs> and he's in it for just no time at all. Well, Jude Law's in it for like no time at all. That's true. Although Jude Law's kind of uh, it makes sense to cast uh, like to to spend a lot of time casting the dad because he he's got he, he his influence his presence is felt throughout the film. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so that, that yeah, that's yeah. That's so good. so he, he um he goes to steal like it's one of those old school toy shops which is all mechanical toys like a wind up little mouse and toy soldiers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and he goes to steal this wind up mouse and um this old man 
catches him, played by... Um, Don't look at me, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy that was Gandhi, bloody... The guy that was the... I like him. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah. So, the old man played by um, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. He's acting like he just remembered it. I don't, I don't care. Whatever. Old man, old man played by Ben Kingsley. We think. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm yeah. pretty sure There's it's Old man played by Ben Kingsley, who I love. I really like him. He has this great... Yeah. He brings a lot of presence to every role. He's yeah. that sort of... You and... Uh, you can remember his name either. Shut yeah. up. I know. He, I'm sick. <laughs> 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 he has this sort of... Uh, he's got that thing that a few English actors have. That sort of Ian McKellen... So like thing. classically trained. He brings a lot of presence to, to roles. Yeah. Yeah, so he plays the old man and um and the story and that's is kind of where the story goes. Really on. about him. Yeah. Hugo is more than He person. has like this mysterious past and it's kind of about Hugo discovering what this yeah, guy was all about. He's a bitter old guy who yeah. had this whole other life. And um <laughs> to get into the movie a little bit more, like so I was watching halfway through, I'd seen nothing about the film. Yeah. And what this turned out to be Spoilers from here on out. Uh, yeah. Is, you know, a story about him fixing this guy, finding out that he's he used to be a famous filmmaker back in the really beginnings of film, silent film. Yeah, it, it, it becomes more of a tribute to silent the films. first filmmaker. It's definitely a movie about a movie. Yeah, it's a movie about movies. movies. And I think it, you can draw a pretty nice parallel between Hugo and um, How Caesar. Yeah, in that this was a kids' movie, very whimsical sort of um, take on like a tribute to that sort of old school cinema. Yeah, and whereas House Season was a bit more of an adult take on that, and, and just I a little bit more chaotic, far more chaotic and far less of a co- coherent story in House Season. I think it works so much better in Hugo because you have this yeah. tale that ties it all together really nicely and all these interesting characters. Yeah, and in House Season you just had interesting characters and not a very compelling compelling uh, narrative to go with that. Yeah. So that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Okay, and the automaton... It becomes, a mo- like... it becomes a movie about movies. Yeah. The automaton just turned out to be an aside. Yeah. Right? But when I first watched this mo- movie, you got to understand, the automaton is really creepy. Right? It it's, like a, it's like a weird little boy... It's like a little robot child... With dead eyes. When you haven't seen the film before, it definitely looks like it's going to be a lot more sinister than it actually <laughs> it turns out to be. It looks like it's going to be a horror movie. Yeah. I think. Like, yeah, and he's got this thing, and it, my suspicions seem to have been confirmed when he's trying to fix it, and there's a key that turns it on, right? So first of all, you know, it's a, it's like a robot that was found in a museum that writes things. I thought it was start it was gonna start writing fucking messages from the dead or something. <laughs> and it's and it's got this heart shaped key, keyhole keyhole at the back of it that turns like, it on. At like the base of its skull. Yeah, so someone can like someone's tried to stop it from being turned on. <laughs> okay. And then he finds this mysterious girl, played by Hit Girl. Don't know her real name, uh, but she's um, Hit Girl Chloe, from Big Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Or whatever her name is. There we go. Chloe something. Uh, good old Chloe Chloe. She's, she, she, she like, uh, is a niece or no, she's an adopted. She, yeah, she's, she's like the godchild of, um, Papa George, which is, um, the yeah. name of Ben Kingsley's character. Yeah. And she just meets Hugo and happens to have the heart shaped key around her necklace. And, yeah. And the thing that, so they got, they got all this and then 
when he's when the boy tries to steal the mouse, right? Ben Kingsley catches him, and Ben Kingsley like, and he and he asks him to produce everything, and so the boy pulls out this like manual, yeah, of like describing sketches and stuff of the different parts he like has needs or has for the doll, and the doll's face, right, which like turns around and has like a flipbook, has like a flipbook look to it, which is always creepy, and. And and Ben Kingsley's response is this really harsh, just like I'm gonna burn the book. You know, it's all signs pointing to Ben Kingsley is trying like to make sure that Hugo doesn't activate the doll because he's gonna turn on the doll and it's gonna kill everyone with a pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take a fountain pen and just stab everyone in the neck. <laughs> That's what I thought, and it just never happened. Turned out the doll wasn't even magic. Turns out it's just a kids' book where people just come together like. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy coincidence. I really thought that was going somewhere. I saw fountain pen murder happening at any point. Yeah, I suppose with the Scorsese movie, you can't really expect it to just be a kids' film. Yeah, and he has this like really uh, intense nightmare sequence where he like yeah. gets turned into a an automaton. He like opens his chest, uh, steampunk style, and there's like a bunch of cogs and stuff. It wicked me out. I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for the murder. To but it turned out to be just a sweet story about helping this old man with a creepy, creepy automaton. With a creepy, creepy automaton. Yeah. So not to take up too much more time with this because we've got to run through everything. But yeah, uh, but we. I, I would recommend it. Yeah, I, I would. Think, I would I think it's, it's and it, and it is a good movie for the whole family. Yeah, the conversation that I want I want to have about this is we talk about movies a fair bit, and so. I had this great experience. I watched this, and it's something that I haven't really put much thought to, but, like, the idea of the invention of cinema. And mm-hmm. it talks about the first ever... Uh, first ever movie. Movie-style feeling or something, which was a train... Pulling into a station. Pulling into a station, and it, was, and it was driving towards the cameraman. And everyone in their seats, when it was shown, like, screamed. Yeah. Because, because they'd never they thought seen the train was like coming that. at them. Yeah. Witchcraft, you know? Yeah. Uh, which which is just really great, and and I don't think about that often. As someone who takes advantage of that invention, so on much. a daily basis, and like almost uh, so, hourly basis, yeah, almost hourly basis. Like, um, we were, I watched this on Netflix. Then Netflix closed, and I was just scrolling down. I wanted to watch something else, and I was just scrolling down, and I just I had, I had a thought when I was thinking about like these really early films where it's just like these t- like this looks ridiculous now, like. How they started off as sideshows. Yeah, and how his, it started off as like a film was like a 10 minute sequence. Yeah, and his masterpiece yeah. was just like this, this like weird. There's a sequence where it was like an under, like a Sea King thing, and there's this stupid foam prawns and this ridiculous. Just acting. these fantastic, fantastical costumes and characters, yeah. and like there was no dialogue or anything, so they had to really convey stuff. And there's that piano. Yeah, it, it's like. How movies used to be is they used to be silent films and they would have an orchestra that would score the film live. Yeah, so what would happen is that you would, when you would create a film, you would have a soundtrack, you would write a piece of music and that would yeah. be given to the piano guy that would work at the cinema. Yeah. Um, and for the fancy places, they'd have a yeah. full orchestra. And cinemas uh, only started to get... Uh, movies started to get longer because, like, yeah, they got more backing, but the real thing that pushed it ahead was cameras that wound by themselves because you had to crank it yeah so first of all you 
you needed a steady... You, the camera operator was actually a real job because you needed a steady hand because there was no play at normal speed. You know, your... your the speed, speed with which you crank the hand yeah. handle is the speed with, with, with which the film... And with that comes, comes, you know, a totally realistic problem, which is you just can't have a three-hour movie. The dude's cranking for three hours, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so what was interesting for me is like, so to see all that and then just look at where it came, like... I was looking at Netflix, this thing, like, repository for all this crazy different cinema that's telling could you really imagine, complex, complex Could you imagine stories? what would happen if you went back in time to when, to the first filmmaker ever, yeah. and showed him what would become of the medium that he has invented? I'd rather just take him here. He would... And not contract whooping cough. Would be why? You're not an infant. <laughs> I don't know, the black lung or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're also not going to be working in the mines, Sam. Come on. <laughs> Smallpox. Uh, well, you know... Just Polio. To show, just to show him. It would be really cool. But just to... And you know how Netflix is, is laid out? It's like all those little rectangles. Yeah. Into different worlds. You know, I just... It just had a different different take on it. Modern like, technology is pretty remarkable. Like, I just finished watching House of Cards. Such a complex TV show. Yeah. It was just right. like a start. Whereas back then you could only get that sort of thing in a book. Yeah. Not even in a stage play. Like, you could kind of get that sort of nuance, yeah. but not... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... It's interesting. Yeah. If you're a really... If you're a big cinephile, um, I think there's some hidden value in, in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's But a, it's a really good... Yeah, I would recommend it. And it's a very touching... It's a sweet story as yeah. well. And if you do... And, it, and in, in, the, in the best of ways, it is fun for the whole family. That was Hugo. There's yeah. been, since we haven't recorded in like three weeks, we've, we've got actually a seen, yeah, we've got a bevy of films to talk about, some stuff that came out in the cinemas. Yep. Um, we, we split the work on this one, so. Yeah, so you've seen two films, you've seen Money Monster and The Nice Guys, and yep. I've seen the new X-Men movie. Um, so, do you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Um, so, I'll speak about Nice Guys first, because... Uh, basically, all I wanted to do at this stage, um, I didn't want to make it too late. I wanted to tell everybody, this is really good. Um, you should go see it. It's it's a, it's like, a great like seventies cop drama. Yep. Starring uh, Russell Crowe. Starring Russell Crowe. Yeah, boy, so Russell. Four sides there. Sorry. Yep. And Ryan Gosling, who uh, they're a fantastic odd couple. First of all, uh, yep. everybody's really good in it. Oh, there's an actor. He's sort of a B grade TV actor. Um, I, I can't quite remember his name. What I remember him from is White Collar. So if you just IMDb White Collar, he's which, the main which guy from that. White Collar? Uh, the the, the main. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's sort of he's sort of like a like a he's sort of like a budget Henry Cavill. <laughs> he's very similar. <laughs> he's in it, uh, and he plays he plays this, this fantastic uh, character. The whole, the ethos is really good. I love the, uh, one of the things I will say that's spoiling too much, um, this is a scene that's in the trailer. Yep. Um, is that both of these guys aren't these like amazingly competent cops. You know, they, they, they can't just sort of like John McClane their way out of everything. Yeah. Like they sort of end up doing that sometimes. Ryan Gosling just shrieks like a woman. <laughs> right. Um, he's like the PI. Yeah. His life falling apart, and he's just like taking money from old people to right. find, you know, like to find out that's that's that are already dead. Too much, let's not get too much into it. I want to see that movie. Oh, that's in the trailer too. I'm sticking to things. Yeah, like I know, that. I know. But in, just... the, in the trailer, there's a scene right where there's this character called John Boy, which is obviously an alias. 
Right. And he's like this master assassin who's the guy who's played by this guy white collar. And you don't see him for a while. His entrance is... It, it's so good because they're like... They're pretty they're pretty down-to-earth dudes. They're pretty real dudes. Yeah. And even though Russell Crowe beats people up for a living and he's like, oh, tough Russell, Russell Crowe, right? They're not exactly into like... They're not exactly like assassin level shit, right? Yeah. Neither of them really like fire a gun too much. And... They're going up this elevator, and they're like, okay, the assassin, the, like, the assassin's coming for us. He could be upstairs, but the girl's upstairs. We're going to save her, right? <laughs> they get yeah. in the elevator. They, they're going halfway up. They open the door. They look left, and there's this guy, like, right next to them. There's a few almost jump scare moments in this. There's actually one crazy jump scare moment, which I won't spoil. Um, and there's this, this, this guy. There's this one security guard guy, and just blood is, like, just, like, spurning out his neck. <laughs> And he just goes, <laughs> and he just drops to the ground. <laughs> and they like turn the other way, and this is dude he gets like shot three times, right? With this like kick ass level blood splatter. Yeah. <laughs> and dies. And then they're just like, uh huh, uh huh, and they just hammer the down button. <laughs> like, nope, nope, I'm out. Screw the girl, and like they hit the down button, we're not ready for this. And then as they're going down the lift, it's a glass elevator that looks out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out the building window. And you should just see another guy get thrown out of the window and fall down. Wow. Like, they're just like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't want to say too much about it. I think this is going to be one of those movies that Peter and I will want to really talk about. Um, we'll, like, want to deconstruct the plot and everything. Yeah, so we might twist. say that for next week when I'm actually Yeah, so we'll save it, but I want to get out ahead of this. And whilst it's still in cinemas um, and fresh in everyone's mind, go see it. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm, I'd... Definitely want to see it. Yeah, so that's all I'll say about The Nice Guys. Uh, Money Monster is a movie that you weren't really keen on. No, I just... I mean, the trailer looked alright. Yeah. I just don't have any particular need to see it. Well, I thought it was really good. It, I thought it was a movie that... Um, What's it about? So, Money Monster is uh, about this uh, hostage situation that takes place uh, on the set of a show called Money Monster. Um, yeah, and it's one of those like really flashy stock market like you should invest what you you should invest in this. This is the hot stock. Yeah, kind of show. Yeah, and it's run by George Clooney, who's this really like self indulgent sort of uh, shit back. He knows he knows what's he knows what's going on. He, yeah, he's he actually seems to be like no his shit, but he's he's just really he's totally he's sold. just a terrible person. He's a terrible person. He's totally sold out, and he has these ridiculous scenes where there's like. Uh, sort of generic like ass money, ass money, like this thing that starts off every program, and you see it's 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 Seriously? worth seeing just to see George Clooney dance with two like, uh, gold vinyl wearing like hot pants models, and he's like doing this like ass money dance, with, <laughs> dance at the end of it. Um, it's like crazy gimmick, you know. He has a button. He has all these like graphics that he rolls like. When it's time to sell, he's like, get some balls, and all these balls, like, start <laughs> bouncing out of, the, out of the thing. Anyway, it's sad, but these shows exist. Yeah. There's um, a pretty famous one on American TV that's always in movies. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, and... It sounds like a complete... Like, it sounds like that show. Yeah, it sounds like that show. Um, and Julia Roberts is is the other key character on the show. He, she is, like, his... She's the woman in the sound room who organizes everything. Yeah. She's a producer. Yeah. Uh, and and then there's this guy who sneaks in on set somehow, 
and there's been some sort of shady market crash. A lot of investors have lost their money. He's one of them. He's like this truck driver. Um, and he's there and he's got a gun and a yeah. bomb. And he straps the bomb to George Clooney and takes over the show. The show... The, the movie is a lot better than the trailer leads you to believe. Um, there's, a, there's a few points where, like, it, it looks like it's going to be much more cliched than it is, I think. I thought Jodie Foster did a really good job. Jodie Foster directed this, by the way. Um, wow, all the characters are pretty great. Yeah. And none of them are really good people, which is good too, I think. Like, yeah. They do they're good things new, at the end. They're more nuanced characters. Yeah, they're more nuanced characters. George Clooney, yeah, he gets some sort of se- like semblance of conscience at the end. But, you know, for the most, for the majority of the movie, he's just selfish. Yeah. Um, and he can't, such a dick that he can't even resist, even when he's about, he got a bomb strapped to him. Like, he antagonizes the, the, uh, crazy guy. Crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, it, it, I think it's seriously worth watching, which is surprising. Like, there's a lot of tropes that you think is going on from the trailer. Basically, don't believe the trailer is what I'm going to say with this right. one. Right. So, like, the, in the trailer, it, it gives away the whole idea that, the, tra- um, the trailer, like, basically, from from my yeah, perspective, trailer, having just watched the trailer, it looks like it tells the entire t- story of the movie. Yeah, it looks like it does that. Um, and I suppose it sort of does, but but it, not really. So in the trailer, it shows you that George Clooney sympathizes with the guy, or it looks like that, realizes that there is something wrong, that the guy is is sort of irrationally mad, but there is something dirty with the trade that lost them all the money. Right. Right. And George Clooney aims to find it out. He's like, you want some answers? I'll get you some answers. We're in this together. Is what happened. It's what's seen in the trailer. Right. Well, the trailer basically just said, it, it, it basically tells out the whole movie. It's like guy, money show guy walks into the studio, straps a bomb to George Clooney. Then George Clooney and him team up to take down the evil yeah. money people. Yeah. So, and there's more to it than that. There's saying. more to it. It's sort of that, but um, it's, it's done in a pretty good way. Like George Clooney, uh, doesn't really team... He teams up with them for quite selfish reasons. Right. Basically. Uh, well, we don't... We don't need to, no, get we don't need to go in that. But, but yeah, so you, you enjoyed the movie, you'd recommend I enjoyed the movie. It's nothing crazy. Cr- if fantastic. you have to go and see... Actually, I'll... No, no, sorry. No, go on. No, that's it. That's okay. it. If you I was going to ask, if you had to go and see one of them, which one would you see? Oh, go see Nice Guys. Yeah. Without a doubt, go see the Nice Guys. Okay. Cool. But Money Moss is pretty good too if you have the time. Yep. Those are my two. Now you can talk about a movie that I haven't seen, don't know whether I'm going to see, maybe I'll decide from what you're going to tell me. So, X-Men Apocalypse is the latest in the X-Men franchise, and it's Which of... Which hasn't been a great franchise, historically. And, and it's and it's of the, um, like, X... It, it's of the, like, 60s set X-Men movie. So, like, right. that started with X-Men, or uh, is it X-Men First, First Class? First Class. And then X Men: Days of Future Past. Yep. Um, so I think it's a pretty um, famous storyline from the comics. It's all about apocalypse. Yeah, apocalypse. So the, the movie kind of starts with um, it's like an ancient Egypt, and there's this crazy ancient ceremony going on where they're doing weird stuff with um, Apocalypse, who's this mutant. He was like the first mutant, and he's got all these followers. Yeah. And then they get betrayed by the people, and he gets imprisoned in a pyramid. And then it flashes forward to modern day and he gets released from the pyramid. And yeah. um, 
It's pretty much the most generic superhero story you will ever see. Yeah. It's like a throwback to those old action movies where like it starts with like ancient stuff happening and then it's, it flashes to modern day and the ancient stuff gets unleashed and then they have a big battle and then that's the movie. Speaking of ancient stuff being released in pyramids, we need to do the fifth element. We do. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We, we need to talk about the... Uh, that's totally homework. Yeah. It to- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Homework movie for this week. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Yes. It's great. <laughs> I don't know if it's on Netflix, though. Oh, I don't know, but find it. Find it. <sighs> Guys, it's probably on YouTube by now, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's sort of... Actually, there are a lot of parallels between Fifth Element the and fifth, this kind of... Except the Fifth yeah, Element okay, well, is a- incredible. Anyway, anyway, X-Men, X-Men, Apocalypse. Um, I... As a movie, I would describe it as aggressively average. Yeah. Like, you and I, we've both seen just about every superhero movie that's ever been released yep. in the last, since Spider-Man 1 came out. Yeah. The original um, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And it is just the most generic superhero plot of all of those movies. Like, it, it's, it is literally just ancient evil gets unleashed. Ancient evil goes to recruit a bunch of... There's like a recruitment montage of like him go- of Apocalypse going to a bunch of mutants and recruiting them yeah. and like giving them powers and all this stuff. So, then he goes to Egypt again and is like destroying Egypt and then the X-Men show up and fight him. And that's, it's just yeah. so boring and by the numbers. That's pretty much the Apocalypse storyline of the comics. I mean, there's been a few different types of it, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, in the comics, he always like, he, uh, he takes... Or horsemen and he super like superchargers. Yeah, that's basically them. what that. But that's basically what happens here. So like he gets unleashed. He gets Magneto. He gets Xavier. He gets, he gets which Mag- makes no sense since Apocalypse is also a like a really powerful psychic. He I gets, don't really know why he needs Xavier. He gets the is thing he, in this is like he can steal people's powers. Well, that's not what he's like. Like he can like transfer his consciousness into someone else's body when he dies. That's like, oh, and he okay. takes their power. So like, he's not a big blue guy. He is a big blue guy, and like when he transfers to the other person, they become a blue guy for some reason. Oh, oh, that's not what happens in the comics. Yeah, it's really weird. He recruits. He's like four horsemen: are uh, Angel, yep, um, Psylocke, Storm, and Magneto. And what? Yeah, why Psylocke? I don't know. So in the originals, it's he takes Xavier and Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Because it, those are the obvious windmill picks if you're building an X Men team. Yeah, well, you take those guys and then he captures Xavier, like right at the end, and then the X Men have to go and save him. So in 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 the comics, uh, Apocalypse doesn't. I don't think I don't really know the Apocalypse storyline too much, but he's this big blue dude. He was in ancient Egypt, although in ancient Egypt, originally I don't think he looked blue, but he did something to himself using his crazy technology and he, to extend his life. Like that body will last forever because it's kind of like a cyborg. I yeah. Think. And the way he does it in this is he can transfer his consciousness right. into another body. Well, in this one, he just, I'm not sure. His powers are just weird. He's like one of yeah. those, he's like in a crazy Omega level mutant with just yeah. a ridiculous He's just like a powers. crazy God person. Yes. Basically. He's like a, he's like a mutant God. And um, he takes these four horsemen and he like he's he like supercharges their mutations or he yeah. gives them yeah so, that, so that's, one of, the, that's case, one of the things I want to get to is that um so Angel is like just the most metal 
stupid character ever. So Angel, he's Angel like this, is... He's this cage fighter. He's like, he's like a freak show fighting thing. He's like this Russian cage fighter guy and he escapes and he goes and like hangs out in a church and drinks whiskey. It drinks vodka. But they already introduced gets... Angel. So he's a new Angel. In the X-Men guy. series, they already introduced him. He's got his big wings and... So X-Men... Angel's meant yeah. to be like handsome, really handsome and pretty boyish and he's got his, his wings. And then he... Basically, he gets his wings destroyed somehow. And he gets his wings destroyed by Apocalypse Nightcrawler. Offers him as like these these crazy metal wings. That yeah, he gives him these crazy metal wings, okay. which is just the most like in a in a sequence which is one of the stupidest one one of the just most ridiculous <laughs> sequences on in cinema. Hey now, hey like, now. So uh, he, he recruits Psylocke, and so then they can teleport all over, all over the planet somehow, which, which I guess makes sense. Which does it? Does it make sense? Is that her powers? I don't know. No, not really. Well, yeah. But he recruits Psylocke so they can, like, travel in weird, crazy portals. And they show up. They, like, portal into this church where Angel with, like, one destroyed wing from fighting Nightstalker in, like, uh, Nightcrawler in, like, a weird cage fight thing. Um, and he's, like, all drunk and feeling sorry for himself. His, his wings are destroyed. Then he just gets, like... Apocalypse like touches his head or something, and yeah. he gets weird metal wings. Yeah, he's a god. He can do that. It's just it's he's like just, as powerful as the phoenix. It's just smoke. fucking stupid. It's just it's just a stupid. It, it really seems like they 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 made it slightly stupider than the comics. And the comics weren't really that great to begin with. But yeah, I don't, no, know, I don't know. Maybe I'm comics, he, he powers them up. So yeah, he pa- the powers thing, them up. The important and thing then is they fight, sort of, and he's like going to destroy the world, and then. They stop him from destroying the world, yeah. basically, and it's just nothing all that interesting. The, the they thing... introduce a bunch of the like co- mutants from um, the like old X Men films. So they introduce Phoenix, uh, uh, Jean Grey, oh yeah, and Cyclops, and Jubilee's in there, and Nightcrawler, who's um, completely different, like. The continuity in those movies is so weird. Well, that's because they were so ashamed of three that they tried to just destroy its existence. Yeah. So they they, Which introduce, actually, they that, introduce some of those comics. That makes sense um, as to why Angel's different because Angel only appears in the third yeah. most terrible X Men movie yeah. that they tried to redo by changing the timeline. Yeah. In Days of Future Past, I don't know. I've written off this whole thing. Uh, what what really pissed me off is that I was on Twitter and one of the people that I follow, uh, who just seen the movie tweeted out uh, people leaving the cinema um, before the credits of a Marvel film. Idiots, right? And the thing that got me there was that people think it's X-Men and then they associate it with Marvel Studios, right? Yeah. But there was an after credit scene. No, but I didn't care about that. The fact is, like, it's not a Marvel Studios movie. And I I think that's why they're as shit as they are. The X-Men are still owned by... You know, sort Sony. Of Sony. Is it Sony? <laughs> Sony, it... Fox, corporate greed, Mulgars people. It's yeah, and that's, the, the point. Know. The point, still got their dirty the point that I would kind of just make about they, these movies is the X Men movies have been so hit or miss. Yeah, like X Men one or two were pretty good. X Men three was garbage. X Men Origins was garbage. Oh, X Men First Class I liked. X Men Days yeah. of Future Past was okay. The Wolverine I didn't think was. Very like oh, it was. It was Wolverine just, was terrible. I thought it was, no, just, it was just okay. 
I'm sure it'd probably be terrible watching it again. Yeah. Um, um, well, what I want to say about those There's, there's not that many good scenes in this movie, but some of the characters are kind of okay. Jean Grey, who is played by Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones, Ugh. has one of the worst American accents Ugh. ever. How did it make me hate Jean Grey even more? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can understand why they would cast her, and it's a good casting choice. I just... Her, like, American accent... Bad American accent just really pulled me out of it. So, I I used to hate Jean Grey, right? A yeah. lot. Um, never understood her. For me, she was... She was my Superman. So for a lot of comic book readers... Oh, she totally does a Superman thing well, at the end. Okay. But for a lot of for a lot of comic book readers, um, they find... Like, especially Marvel readers, they find Superman... Like, like a lot of people just hate on Superman. That's hard to connect with because, you know, he's such a Snow White kind of dude and no one really gets him. Um, for me, that was just totally Jean Grey. The movies didn't help. But I originally didn't hate her. She was always sort of serious. Yeah. And in the comics where, in the X-Men comics, the good stuff is the fun stuff. And she was always the party police kind of kind of girl. Um, but uh, recently I was looking back into the history of X-Men, right? Yeah. And in one of the really early comics, X-Men comics, there's this harrowing uh, thing. I would suggest looking this up. Perhaps in lieu of watching the, this movie. Um, yeah. So there's there's in, in the X Men really early on uh, that it's uh, I think it's just after they fight the island, <laughs> they fight this island that's actually a mutant. Okay. Uh, who's called Krakatoa? <laughs> and okay. Like, anyway, uh, they go into space because they need to fix the sun for some fucking reasons or something like that, right? And okay. Uh, they do this or they do whatever they're meant to do up there. Um. But the this is when Jean realizes that she's got something special, right? And the ship's coming back down. And uh, I'm sorry to apologize to all the comic book people if I get this slightly wrong, but right, it, the ship's coming down, and then there's this really intense series of panels where um, the radiation hits them, right? And Jean uses her powers to save everyone else. And she wants... Oh, no. Oh, I got it. All the other dudes pop a fuck off, right? I yeah. Think that's it. Anyway, it's Jean in the ship. And for some reason, someone needs to be in the ship. Right. So she uses all her powers to keep herself alive long enough for it to pilot the ship or long enough for it to be safe. Right. So she uses all her crazy telekinetic powers to keep her together, and she slowly gets atomized by the radiation. Yeah. So she's trying to keep herself together. It's trying to rip her apart. You see her skin sort of degrade and gets wrinkly, and she starts to lose her hair, and then, like, her skin starts flaking away until she just comes to this total husk, and she gets just absolutely destroyed. Right. And in that, she, in that moment, she, like, calls out... To something to save her, and the Phoenix Force responds. Right, and that's how she gets it, and that made me love Jean Grey because that is a fucking gnarly comic. Like you're gonna have to read it, but it's like it's very intense. <laughs> As she like slowly dies, and she realizes that she's dying, and all that sort of stuff. Someone should probably do that as a movie. 
instead of the apocalypse. Someone should pick a storyline from X-Men that's actually interesting. There are a bunch of them. Apocalypse probably might not be the right the right one. So what yeah. what would be your recommendation for this movie? Is, uh, just to just to kind of summarize this movie, yeah. I like I think overall it probably is one of the most true to the comics. Like it's got a lot of the well, set so, of original characters in their like original getup. Like Jubilee's got a yellow jacket and goggles and yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think it will probably please fans of the comics and Ooh, um, doubtful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's doubtful. But it's just, just as a movie, it was just thoroughly uninteresting for me to me because it was just your generic end of the world, world destroying like godly being that's gonna yeah. go and kill everybody and the X Men have to stop him and like that just does it serve its purpose as a sort of a uh, frat boy uh, or a big biff is the biff good um no not really no wow no I, I didn't think so it's not it's not a big frat it's not a frat boy movie it's not like a oh. big dumb transformers really, robots punching each other movie it really it's, sounds like a you know who versus you know who type scenario <laughs> no 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 it's, it's much better than um the movie that shall not be named that movie garbage movie don't see it yeah it, it's much better than that and it has a coherent plot but it's just not all that interesting to me i didn't okay. think like I, I would say probably don't see it unless you're a fan of the comic yeah. books maybe i think maybe like, it's a rainy if it's a rainy day like today when i'm nothing better to do maybe i'll go watch it yeah but just don't it's not a movie you need to rush out and see no go see like, nice like five five out of ten six out of ten maybe yeah um not much more to say apart from that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. Uh, so that's... That's movies. That's a fuck ton of movies. So, television. Television. Um, I think since we've been... We've been well, let's, yeah, let's just... We've talked about movies for a little bit. We have a, we have a, we have a fair bit of television uh, to do. Yeah. I don't know if we'll mention it. I really want to talk about each and every one of these. Uh, give it its own little, little bit of juice. So maybe we'll cut out a few. Why don't we just talk about Rake? You want to just talk about Rake? Yeah. Okay. Because the other ones, I think, could be almost an entire episode yeah. in and of themselves. So next episode, that's a teaser. There you go. Yeah. Ne- next episode, we're going to talk about. We're going to do a whole segment on TV. Yeah. Really and we're going to talk about the big thing. We're going to talk about is yeah. ending. We're going to talk shows. about a lot of shows that uh, all of them have have already ended. We're going to talk about. Um, yeah. The just big a bunch of old, the... old shows that yeah. were really good and meant something to us. Uh, or we saw it in its entirety. Yeah, Peter, and just talk about this. Just the, the uh, talk about the general sort of discussion about endings of shows. Like I recently watched the end of How I Met Your Mother. I'd never yeah. seen it before, um, and I'd like to have a bit of a discussion about that. So that's, that's a bit of a teaser for next week. And that made me think about shows that I thought. So Peter has Peter has a, uh, a sh- another show. You, you really into Lost. I never yeah. watched Lost, and Lost has a pretty divisive ending. Divisive ending. And I've just tried to think of some shows that I watched in their, their entirety and thought that they had good endings. Yeah. Another show that has a really good ending, I thought, was Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. Very true. well ended. But anyway, we'll get, we'll get into that in more detail. Yeah. So the one show that we want week. to talk about this week is a show that's near and dear to my heart. It's probably going to be my favorite show on all of television. Yeah. I would um, say if it's not my favorite show, it's one of my favorite shows. It's definitely my favorite. First Australian, two seasons are like show. Just... Comedy girl, like, and, and now, the show, they're, now they're on Netflix, and now they're on Netflix. So the show is called Rake. Rake. Oh, I'm yes. sure we've mentioned Rake at some point in the past, Probably. but 
It's back. Yeah, back, baby. If you, if you season four if break you follow, on ABC iView. If you follow any recommendation that we give you, yeah, watch Rake. Watch Rake. Um, it's it's phenomenal. Don't you dare watch the American version. Yes, fellow fans of Rake, there is an American version of Rake. Yeah, and it is fucking terrible. Really? Have you seen? It's it? like spitting on the or spitting on the original. Spitting on Cleaver Green's it's terrible grave. Mm-hmm. May he never die. May he never die. <laughs> I don't think long he may he reign. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, what is rake? rake? Rake is about. So, first of all, an interesting fact: rake, uh, a rake is someone uh, is worth the sort of dead now. But in aristocratic society, it's it's someone of uh, disrepute. Yes, uh, someone who does float around high society, but is sort of a mess. Yeah. They're a bit of a cad. Yeah, a cad. Very good. Which, which is another rake- old word. Rakish cad. Yeah. People will remember the word rakish. You probably never heard someone describe it as a rake, but rakish is still a word that's used. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's not just like a rake, like you rake up your lips. No. It's a way of describing no. it. No. So yeah, it follows uh, this uh, man called this man, this legend, played by Richard Roxburgh, who's a great Australian yep. actor, who yep. usually does theatre. Yeah. Um, he uh called Cleaver Green. Yes, plays a character he, he, play, Green. he plays a disgraced, not disgraced. He's but a, he like plays a brilliant, brilliant but dissolute, but very but incredibly flawed. He describes himself as the, dis- the dissolute, brilliant one. <laughs> <laughs> he plays this lawyer. Yeah, he plays, in, in plays this lawyer called Cleaver Green, who sleeps around, drinks a bunch, does does some drugs, tries. He means he does the right thing. He just sort of can't resist. He, he means well, but he's just... He just can't... He has no... Self-control. Self-control. No, yeah. At all. As someone who has a very limited self-control, <laughs> I, I really uh, relate. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, Rake... So, look, I'm not going to... Nothing we say is going to make you... Is going to give you a, an impression of the show that's accurate, because it's, it, it's really good, guys. Mm. It just um, it works it's so on, much more than just a, works on a lot of a legal lot drama. Of levels. The, the like legal the drama first, is good. The first sort of two and a bit seasons are yeah. sort of like case of the week type yeah. legal drama, except legal well, yeah, comedy. There's, there's an overarching thing. Yeah. yeah, and there's a bit of an overarching story, but it doesn't really get into having like an overarching story until sort of season three, and very much season four has like a. Oh, it's story it's lovely, and the reason we mention it now is because uh, Rake had three glorious seasons. It yep. ended. Masterfully, uh, yep. I thought. Uh, I think then, season three was definitely the weaker. It was it was weak, of, but it had some good themes, and I thought the yeah. ending. Was and there were some in fantastic episodes. Yeah, uh, and they've just started up again. Yeah, and kind of against all odds, they sort of said they were finished with it, and then yeah. decided to resurrect yeah. the show. Richard Roxburgh, who's who's instrumental in making the show, as he's well, a producer. He yeah he um he talked about they really decided that. It was such a good ending to them. It was wrapped up that if they were going to start it again, it would be for a good reason. Like there would yeah. have to be a good, fresh plot that would make sense to do. Um, and it looks it looks like exactly that right now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but but yeah. So the, the first three seasons are available on Netflix. After that, you can go on ABC iView because yep. they're coming out right now. Mm-hmm. I myself tonight. I'm going to watch uh, episode three on iView, and I'm sure it's going to be fucking great because yeah. that show just- is. Amazing. There's, there's great characters. Some of the cases of the week in the first couple of seasons are fantastic. 
Like oh, the first episode yeah. is he's defending really a cannibal. You. Yeah, he has to, def- he has has to because try and defend turn- a cannibal. He has to try and defend a cannibal because it turns out because they've got him on like weird some weird charges. So it cannibalism turns out at the is, time is legal. Cannibalism is legal in Only the state of New in South Wales. In the state of New South Wales. Um, that may sound ridiculous, but I assure you it's true. The thing is, murder is illegal in New South Wales, unsurprisingly, and usually, murder and cannibalism. Go sort hand of go in hand, hand in hand. Yeah, but this time, he has an agreement with this dude. Yeah, like, this this guy... It, the, the whole thing of the case is, um... This guy wants to eat someone, and a guy wants to be eaten. So he goes there, the guy kills himself with some pills, and then Hugo Weaving eats him. Yep. With some pasta and chicken. <laughs> and cream. Uh... And that that means there's technically there's nothing wrong, as Cle- as Cleaver says in the first episode. I do care about the law. It's justice. I don't give a toss about. <laughs> and legally, he's fine. Yeah, it's uh, just, yeah. I really like it's the just show. A re- he's got yeah. ridiculous cases of the week, and and, and, and Richard I, Roxburgh just anchors the show so well. Yeah, and, but the, the support supporting car- cast yeah. is supporting cast is great, hilarious. Yeah, um, and it's just like it, it, it's just, like. It's also a show your parents would probably enjoy watching. Yeah. Because the characters are all... Uh, if like, you are okay with watching uh, graphic sex scenes with your parents. Yeah. Which Would I you... think you should be, you know? <laughs> little family bonding. Yeah. Yeah. I watch Game of Thrones with, with my mum, which is a constant surprise Man, to I could not else. do that. It's fine. I think it's fine, you know? It's just awkward. I mean... Like, even watching Rake, which has doesn't have the extreme there's a few, nudity there's a, few, there's a few sex scenes in Rake that are pretty bad. Yeah, but they're not as bad. They're nowhere near as bad as there's the kind of stuff that's There's on Game definitely of some, some boobsicles happening. I don't know. Is that a frozen boob? <laughs> there's definitely some boobs happening in the show. There's a lot of there's a lot of Richard Roxburgh's ass. So, if you're out there yep. and you're into Richard Roxburgh's ass... <laughs> That is the, you know, that's the, the place to, to go. Yeah, but de- definitely watch Rake. It's just... Oh, it's a stunning Top, top quality yeah. Australian comedy. Yeah. If you're... Ca- cannot, it just, uh, to me, it just embodies the spirit of it, the Australian, like, larrikinism. The fucking spirit. spirit of the outback. Yeah, not the spirit of the outback, but, like, the happy-go-lucky city of pants. Like, mate. Cleave. It, it explains mate really well. Um, it's just great Australian it to- comedy, and it's like just quintessentially Australian. It's would you recommend it to, to listeners who aren't who aren't Australian? Definitely. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to get a much better idea of what Australians are actually like, actually like, yeah, like from a TV show idealized point of view, it's like there yeah. you get a bit of an idea about that. Like you get some of the insight into what it's like to be an everyday Australian. It's not. It's not like Russell Coit and. Mick Dundee. But you should see Russell Coit. Though. <laughs> it's it's not just like the characters of the um, outdoorsmen. It's like actual proper people living in cities and what that's sort of like. Yeah. And although Australia is portrayed as like crazy spiders and savage people living out in the I wild. Wrote, I wrote a spider here. I wrote a spider really? today. Yeah. It's my giant tourist eating spider. It's the, the name of it. You can't prove anything, foreign people. Could be true. The amount of stuff that you can convince... I'm sorry, guys, but an American about Australia... Dude, no. 
I, I, I no, mean, Sam, it's pretty crazy. Come, come on. <laughs> okay. Come on. Anyway, you just torpedoed my point <laughs> that I was trying to make that it was like how actual Australians are. I know. I was, I was reinforcing your point. I was, you know, talking how? about how we're not. All right. Okay. Anyway, it's a good show. I it's a great it. show. Go, go You enjoy it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we'll get into next week. I think it'll be a bit more in depth TV shows. In depth TV shows. Nice guys. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. But to finish um, it off, video games, video games, as always, it's been oh, bloody hell. It's been weeks. Like it's been weeks. Yeah. yeah, I played some Uncharted Four. I played some Destiny. You played some Destiny. You played some Hearthstone. I played some Hearthstone. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, I fixed my computer. You fixed your computer, so that opened up a whole new world for me of all the games that I've wanted to get on computer and just haven't been able to play. Uh and so I played Dead Island. Yep. Again. Uh, which is... They're, man, they're good games. It's really everything you've... It's that game that really lets you properly relive that fantasy that you have every time you see an apocalyptic movie and think, hmm, might not be terrible, you know? <laughs> you think that. Yeah. It's, it's, Whereas it's, it's I, great. My, yeah. my zombie plan is to just kill myself because oh, God. fuck that shit. No, that, that is like, that is what I would do. I'm going to become a... Whereas you you would try and become like the crazy knife wielding <laughs> <laughs> like Ronan. Uh, yeah, I'd definitely be a, a Ronan. I, I, I uh, have a strong feeling that I would definitely be, be one of those guys that survived really long. Uh, I... I wouldn't. I couldn't do that with other people. All my instincts are stuff that definitely would allow me to live, but never allow me to <laughs> know anyone else. Yeah, you know, I can do a final on my on my on your lonesome. On my lonesome, yeah. No, but this this Dead Island's a great game. If you ever wanted to play like that kind of surviving in a zombie it, world, it's game. like Borderlands with zombies kind of thing. In that it's a looter uh, game, but a zombie game. Yeah, yeah. Um. The loot aspect of it isn't huge. It's th- th- there is loot you can modify stuff, and there's damage numbers and stuff. Yeah, but it's uh, like a zombie RPG then, I guess. Yes, I would say it's a zombie RPG because there's this great moment where in the first game, the first game's I, I think the better, uh, the better. You know, there's one a sequel coming. In terms out. of the feeling, I do. I also know that it was delayed, yeah, and it looks kind of doubtful. It might actually never come out. Hmm. It's had some problems, That's but. A shame. There was a kind of there was a spiritual successor that came out to it called, called Dying, Dying Light. Dying Light, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so when you start off Dead Island, the first one, it's this great moment where you pick a character. Uh, there's a little intro, and it, is that with the "Who do you voodoo yeah, bitch song? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you start off, and the, the amazing thing is, at the time as well, it still looks pretty good. But at the time, it was this beautiful engine. Um, you, you're on this. It's it's zombie apocalypse, but it's not in this cement wasteland right where everything's a brown cool, tropi- cool tropical island it's at this amazingly colourful tropical island like you can just walk out into the water and admire the fish but and there's zombies and them because there's zombie but fish but there's zombies um and it's really great you start off and this for me there was this great feeling of oh this oh my god this is going to be amazing when it was the game that I thought Dead Rising was that my stupid friends in primary school told me it was and then I played it and I'm like oh this is like a third person pretty crappy um oh I can make cool weapons and mayhem kind of thing and this one it's, it's first person and you can grab like the first thing at hand 
and you'll have to, and you just like fight them off. So the first thing is you're trapped inside this this bungalow um, on the shore. Yeah. And it's this whole idea where for reasons to do with the plot, you have to make your way further into the island, right? And you start off on this reasonably pleasant beach. And there's zombies, the guys who were frolicking on the beach. Uh, it really puts you off bikinis for a while. <laughs> um, you know, and like, there's a few zombies at the beach. A lot of them are drowned. Like, you see, he's running around bungalows and, oh, this is so, this is so great. And then uh, you go and travel into the jungle. Yeah, so there is actually a, a different env- an environment change when you get one of the jeeps, you know, drive further in. Um, it's very much like like Hawaii. Uh, and you drive into like the mountainous woods and then shit gets real. Uh, so like having like screamer zombies and stuff like that in the forest is so much worse. You can't see anything and it, that becomes sort of a horror game. But at the start, you come out, there's a group of survivors. They're like, please save me. And you're like, and you hear, and this, you're like, no. you hear this radio signal coming from a lighthouse, a, a lifeguard tower. And you're like, shit. Someone's going to do it. It's just up the road. And then you kick down the straw thing in the bungalow. Uh, zombie comes at you. And I grabbed, I was like, can I grab something? Turns out, yes, I can grab anything. I just grabbed a, you can grab like a, a oar. Yeah. From one of the uh, kayaks or whatever. Yeah. It's like whack him across the head. You can use that as a weapon. <laughs> and then you're just trying to like, you know, you're not trying to kill all the zombies or whatever. You're just trying to like, you're kicking people out of the way. You're making your way. To the, the life out, yeah, like lifeguard tower, and it's got that typical thing where you're immune, yeah. So you know you can get bitten, and, you, and but and obviously if you get eaten, you're still dead. <laughs> no matter how immune you are, usually getting eaten kills you. Just a guy standing in like a group of zombies. I'm immune. Yeah. I'm immune. Oh wait, I didn't think this through. I'm missing a liver. <laughs> oh, there goes my kidneys. More- Whoop, that goes for kidneys. Yeah, so I, I would recommend playing it. Um, Dead Island Riptide is the game that I have. It's a similar game. Yeah. It's the same engine. It's definitely, it's more of a story uh, sequel. Yeah. So it's exactly the same engine. Same mechanics, very little change, slightly more intricate skill tree, adding a new character. Um, but it's continuing from the story. Yeah. And the second one is Resident Evil. Actually, it's they got a very good Resident Evil arc, which there are the kind of crappy movies. I love Resident Evil, the Resident Evil movies. The first, so the first one is them just fighting zombies. Yeah, right. And that's what you're doing, like you're just surviving on this bungalow with the fish, you know. Um, and in the second one, you're heading to a more populated area, and uh, there's a, unfortunately the, you start noticing more and more varieties of zombies, and. Uh, you meet your first non-player character who's in you as well. Mm. Uh, and you decide to go... Tra- basically, you make this tactical decision. You need to go through the sewers to get to dry land. First of all, sewers be scarier than the forest. <laughs> but you go to the sewers and you, you're noticing that the amount of, of uh, more serious zombies, you know, very much in that Resident Evil way of like how like the virus mutates into crazy shit. Um, that's the kind of shit starting to happen and you get closer and closer to the, into the sewers, it happens more and more. And basically they're underground. Um, one of the things that is totally a thing with like a lot of these abandoned islands is that there were military bases, uh, with a bunch of like materials and stuff in them. Yeah. And it turns out one of these things interacts with the virus and mutates it. Yeah. It's a mutagen for the virus. 
and you all go down there. And then and the game ca- becomes like Resident Evil 3. You know so how it just jumps the shark. You know how she starts to the main character starts to become a monster herself? No, but sure, go on. So that basically happens to you. You're immune, which means that you you are infected. Right? Yeah. It's just that your body doesn't show it. Yep. It's dormant. Right. Uh and so when your character goes down there, um, there's always been this mechanic that you think is gaming, right? Where like it's your super in the first game, right? Yeah. Your super was, you know, part of your character. And it's called rage mode. But that's actually happening. So in the first game you'll just rage out sometimes. Yeah. And that starts to get worse and worse. And after your trip to the sewers, it starts to get out of hand. Right? Um, so there's this one guy who you play this really like bad Australian played by an American. Oh yeah, mate. Oh, um, oh cool. Crikey, mate. And he's a martial arts guy, right? Yeah. So he kicks people. And halfway through the game, if you start upgrading your kick, once you pass this, this point of no return, which is the sewers, the next time you activate your rage, things go horribly wrong, right? So this time, instead of a crowd of zombies, there's this group of dudes who won't let you across this bridge, Right. And you activate, if you fight them and activate rage mode, it becomes uncontrollable, right? So the game shows you that they're all enemies, right? Every single one of them. And like your rage mode is like enhanced and it basically makes you kill all of them. And you're like, you come out of it. Yeah. Cause you're being affected and the yeah. survivors that you're trying to save start to be scared of you. And this is like whole other thing. Uh, you you're a super zombie. Yeah. You're not realizing what's happening. Uh, and if you're the karate guy, you basically break the game because you have this running kick. You run, activate kick. Yeah. Right? And it knocks a zombie down. With this one, you run. You, if you try and run and kick after this point in the story, you run the kick and the zombie just goes absolutely flying. You become like crazy. You become like Alice. Right. Right? Where, where you're just like <laughs> kicking the zombies everywhere. You're uppercutting the shit out of them. Um, so, yeah, you get, you get that experience of like... Being a crazy mutant half zombie dude. Well, that's fun. Anyway, the Dead Island games are pretty sweet. Yeah, well, they've just just come out with um up like HD versions, which yeah. are on the new consoles. Exactly. So you can you can is that the version you're playing? Check that shit out. Yeah, I've got it on PC. Right. So that so I don't know really. Okay, but they've like had remastered versions, and they look significantly better. Like yeah. I was watching a graphics comparison for Dead Island One and the Dead Island one remastered and it looks actually really good like it looks like a current gen game yeah and and it really benefits from that because one of the whole cool things about Dead Island is the setting yeah like beautiful beaches and water effects in the character models of their zombies zombies yeah so that's that's Dead Island yeah cool um I've been playing all the stuff we talked about before I only talked about this really briefly and then we'll finish up but um briefly okay alright so I've I've been playing Overwatch which is the new Blizzard game. Last episode, which was bloody ages ago. Yeah. Last episode, I talked about playing the beta. Yep. You went out and bought it. Yeah. And I went out, the full game came out like last week. Yeah. I'm going to go buy it tomorrow. So we're going to be able to play it. Yeah. So it's like a Team Fortress 2 style. Yeah. Like hero shooter. It's almost unfair to, to say that because there's a lot. Yeah. It's a very different game. On. Came The whole sort of premise of the game was Blizzard was making a new MMO, which has been nicknamed or codenamed titan um and they cancelled that and turned the assets and maps that they developed for that game into overwatch. into overwatch yeah and um 
And if you're not excited about it, watch the animated shorts. Yeah, it has these, like, Pixar animation-style animated shorts of all the characters, like, introducing all the characters, and that's just... Well, they're releasing more, I think. They're releasing more. They have, like, one for each character, basically. They've only released a couple of them, but um, they're just so well done. And there's just so much character to all the characters, if if that makes sense. Like, they're, they're just so unique in what they look like all the different types of characters like there's this big scientist ape winston called yeah, winston lovely and his short and, is amazing and there's um a big fat like australian mad max apocalypse guy Roadhog. called roadhog he has a pig's face tattooed on his belly button yeah he has a pig's face tattooed on his belly he button doesn't and he like throws shit. a hook and has like a shotgun um there's they managed to put so much character into the... Like, so much personality into these characters. More yeah. so than a lot of games I play. And yet, there is no story mode. Yeah, there's no story mode. It's, it is, it has so, so few modes for a full-price video game. It's kind of crazy. Like, there's just quick play mode, um, custom matches. It's the bomb, capture the flag. Play against... A, yeah, quick play mode, which switches between... It's, like, randomly into... Um, just switches between all the different yeah. modes. So you've got like capture the point. They will have competitive um, modes. Soon. Yeah, they will have competitive modes soon. But for a, a game to come out, it has very few modes. It has quick play modes, skirmish. Yeah, which has all the different modes into it, but you don't get to choose. It's just yeah, just yeah. put puts you in. It has quick play against AI, custom matches, and they have like a weekly tavern. And it really needs thing. AI because it's got it's really got a uh, uh, Dota style sort of asymmetrical thing going on with the characters yeah they're they're it's a scissors paper rock style thing with the characters you can change mid-game yeah and it's very much focused on team composition yeah you know like if you see the other person's swap to a bunch of bastions you need to do something about that you need to swap to reapers or yeah like there are characters which are very distinct counters for each other when you get to that high level of play and And i think a lot of when you're in your character select screen it'll tell you um, oh, your team doesn't have any tank characters, so yeah. one of you should swap to a tank character. You don't have any healers, or, or you don't have any builders. I want a specific one. There's says, no attack characters. It appears that your entire team has picked has picked uh, McCree. Please, re- <laughs> please uninstall the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you colossal dick. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. A whole team of McCrees. Yeah. Apparently, it's pretty darn strong. Well, I came up against a whole team of Torbjorn, which is the little dwarf engineer equivalent from he's TF2. basically the engineer from tf2 he, he's yeah. the he's the most unoriginal character i think now that he makes a turret and he repairs it and he can upgrade it by bashing with a hammer more yeah he has upgrade materials he has a gun but it's not very good yeah basically he's the engineer he's all the, the other ones are pretty unique yeah so, what, so what so i 76 is kind of your yeah. generic shooter guy but that's sort of his thing which yeah. sort of makes him unique I don't know. Unique among all the other characters. Yeah. I suppose. Um, what well, something that's really promising uh, to me is that we both are going to play this. You've already played it a little bit. And there's a bunch of characters. But there's yeah. not a huge amount. And yet... There's four, well, okay, there's four, a huge there amount. Is, but there's a lot more than there is in TF2. Statistically, you'd think there would be an overlap in the characters that we wanted to play. And I think a really good sign... For the balance and the diversity of it, the it's fact like that all the characters are over unique, twenty characters, yeah, all the characters are unique and attractive, is that I have no interest in playing any of the characters that you say you want to play, and that I have played now. Yeah, 
which I think is really, but the, really the other really cool thing about the game is it is so because you can swap characters at any time and because it does tell you about team compositions and stuff and because you can also just go into the AI mode and practice which you need to do with the same um, kind of game I think you can the game encourages you to really try out a bunch of different characters like it, it oh, encourages yeah. you to not just main one character and away you go like it yeah. it's just a constantly changing game and that's really interesting and all the characters are so different and yeah. have their own unique abilities and people people will get it eventually the moment they're yeah, having a hard they time they will settle into a there will be a meta eventually and at the high competitive play level there's definitely a difference to yeah. the level that I'm at now which is very much a beginner I don't know all the characters and yeah. and that kind of thing is there a, is there skill based matchmaking so I don't think so. I think it's based on level. But there is that kind of thing of, of like, it, you, you're likely to have a sort of a softer start to the game. Yeah, when they bring, in the, when like they bring in the competitive play, I think it's going to... There'll be a bit more of that. Yeah. They might have tiers the th- like they do in Halo 4. The thing with uh, with this game is if you go on the Overwatch Twitter, it's just vitriolic sometimes because people... That's exactly what people are doing, though. They, they made a character. Yeah. And so all this stuff is saying, this guy's OP. It's never the same person. Yeah. It's just like, he's like, I love Tracer. I'm never swapping from Tracer, <laughs> right? Even when this guy, like, and then they'll be saying stuff like, Bastion is OP, <laughs> right? Or whoever is OP. Yeah. And the Twitter guys, I'm sure they're, getting, they're going out of their minds. They're the same response for everything. Well, we, we thank you for your criticism. Don't actually think Tracer's OP. We suggest trying this character. That's a good counter. And they're like, but I want to play Tracer. Yeah. Um, and I think it like it'll be a while before everybody's out of that mindset. Yeah, it, it definitely takes... Like, when you first start out, it's, it, it definitely takes a while before you get the point that you should be changing character mid-match yeah. if what you're using isn't working out for you. Because in that same way, like even if you're playing TF2, yeah, there were different characters. and But you'd usually pick one and stick to it. You're usually like, oh, I play Scout, and that's fine. Yeah, like you could just. Whereas just there's just so many different characters and so many different roles and abilities which are good for different situations. And like, there are some serious hard counters. Yeah, there are some ballsy hard counters in that game where it's just like, oh, if you're playing this character, you better be. You're either really, really good. Or you're just gonna lose to this other character. It's yeah. You know, he, he just counters him. That's it. You got to change. Yeah. Or you got to get a friend to help you. Yeah, and that's that. It's it's there will be a really strong competitive scene around that game. I think. Yeah. Probably on PC rather than consoles. Ah, uh, definitely. It's a Blizzard game. Yeah. But, um, and I'm playing it on PS4. And I'm I'm having heaps of fun. I'm not having any controller yeah. issues or anything. Um, oh, yeah. it looks fun. I have noticed a couple sure. of times where I'm not sure what the playing numbers are like on PS4. I have noticed a couple of times where it has taken ages to get into a game. So yeah. I'm not sure how well that bodes for the competitive scene long term. But I'm having a good time with it. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting into it when you get the game. All right, Salt and Sanctuary, and then Salt that's Sa- it. Salt Sanctuary, we will leave to a different time because it's been it's okay. Teaser. Stay tuned for next week. Stay tuned next week. Uh, do you want to make a homework movie, The Fifth Element, or should we stick to? I don't know. I no, think no. I think we should. Uh, what, right, I'm, what I'm going to say? Why don't we just, why don't we just pause? Well, for I had I had an idea though. Uh, already, okay. What I'm going to say is that um, we're going to give you two options. Uh, I think. It, we should go. You should go. We're going to talk about the fifth element. That's what's happening. Okay. So in a way, this is homework, guys. Next week, both Peter and I are going to talk about the fifth element, and we're going to watch it. Right. Yep. 
we're going to basically do that at homework movie. Uh, but if you if you just have Netflix and you don't want to go looking for it, um, if you, it would feel morally wrong to find to get into some homework. <laughs> um, so I have two homework movies, double yeah. homework. So the fifth element is pretty. It's it's it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, so if you're not into some pretty hardcore movie shit, go watch that one because I really want us to watch Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's one of yep. De Niro's iconic Recent, films. Recently added to Australian Netflix. It's one of my favorite De Niro films, apart from uh, Raging Bull. I've never seen it. I've just seen the you you looking at me. Yeah, punk. Yeah, that's, that's where it. it's from. Yeah, that, you're looking at me. And I've seen like the final shootout at the end, which there's some really interesting like filmmaking stuff about that. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's a piece of cinema history. Really, yeah, it's drama. a piece of cinematic history. That yeah. so. That'll be a great one to talk about. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and um, I'm a bit of a De Niro fan, uh, so I, I can tell you a bit of history about the about uh, how he got onto that and the whole... Was that his first movie? It was... No, no, no. no. Um, but it was one of his big breakthrough ones. Yeah. Uh, and I can also talk a bit about how that came out and how it was almost... How it was almost totally uh, wrecked by Rocky. And how Rocky almost totally uh, was wrecked by a taxi driver. There was a bit of a struggle. So, <laughs> sorry. So I have something. I have something to again. So I have something to. I have a lot to add about that in like the history. We should have an interesting discussion about yeah. that next week. Okay. Um, like us on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com slash Review with Sam Peter. Um, We're on know, Instagram. If what? you, uh, you know, we've got stuff happening. We've got stuff happening. We've got a intro and outro music yeah um it's probably playing right now it's probably as playing we just right now it's as playing we this out. we're on we're on instagram we're on soundcloud we're everywhere